Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mixon makes a cut. Joe Mixon! Tonight's first touchdown, and the Bengals go on top. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Chris Fowler on the call this past Monday night. The Bengals got their first one of the season, taking down the Los Angeles Rams. Joe Burrow wasn't 100%, but it was enough to get the Bengals over the finish line and get Cincinnati the win in that game. Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Betsports will join us in just a second to give us his thoughts and bets on the Bengals and Titans and the rest of the slate in week number four in the National Football League. 20 minutes from now, though, Joey Kanish, baby, pro sports better, will join us. Kanish will give us his thoughts on college football this weekend. We'll get back to NFL awards coming up next hour or so. You're out there watching on Stadium right now. Watch Stadium.com, YouTube TV, Roku, Amazon, Fubo TV, Samsung TV Plus, Tubi, and more. You're interested in betting NFL awards? I got good news for you. The goat of awards betting is here. My co-host, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. And all our bets, side total and props for the Packers and Lions on Thursday Night Football, final hour, power hour of the show. But joining us right now to talk week four in the National Football League is the aforementioned Connor Allen. Does great work for our friends at 4 for 4. Great work for our friends at BetSperts. His NFL betting podcast, Move the Line. We encourage everybody to check it out and, fo- and follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, welcome back to the show. Happy week four. How's it going? Great. Coming off a really strong week three after, you know, an okay week two. So I'm, I'm feeling good. There's a couple of spots this week that I really, really like and a couple of fun games. Connor, we obviously played that that mix and touchdown to talk about this Bengals-Titans game. And I'll be honest, like we've had a lot of guests already on the show this week, had a lot of discussion, obviously, about a lot of the games. You know, Bill, I would say Bills has come up a lot. Some other sides, some other totals have definitely come up as like kind of consensus things from people we've had on the show. Not a lot of people that are like, I love Cincinnati this week. So it's kind of just been me and Nick and then me long-term on the Bengals. But like we're we're kind of really in on Cincy in this game. Sounds like you might be too. Kind of make a case for people out there. Since he did get bet up to two and a half today again from two, by the way, everywhere. So Bengals two and a half. Uh, sounds like you're with us on this game. 
Yes, I get it. Everyone's worried about the Burrow injury, and he certainly didn't look 100% last week. But I think the key in this matchup here is that last week they went 98% in the shotgun, and they went to the quick game. So 36 of Joe Burrow's 49 pass attempts were within nine yards of the line of scrimmage. And we're looking at this Titans defense. Their front seven is really strong, but their secondary is pretty weak. And it's not just on deep plays like we saw last week with Deshaun Watson beating them deep. We look at this Titans defense here. 90 they're allowing a 91 percent completion rate on throws between one to nine yards dead last in the league 40 out of 44 pass attempts that have been thrown so far between one to nine yards against them have been completed and one of them was a drop so it's like a 93 percent adjusted completion right there uh and so i think in this spot here we see burrow and the Bengals probably go to the quick game but not very much running they moved jamar chase into the slot too in the second half of last week to get him more involved in like the quicker passing game so I think those two factors there kind of show that this Bengals offense is going to be able to pick apart this Titans defense. And then on the other side here, they're all, the Titans offensive line is a disaster. Ryan Tannehill just not as mobile as he used to be. So like he can't overcome that pressure. And while we look at the, the run defense would be like the only question, the only angle, I think, for Titans backers here. But really, we've looked at Derrick Henry and his Yards before contact is way down compared to last year. His yards after contact is way down compared to last year. We talked about it before the year, but this Titans team with Derrick Henry, like if Derrick Henry can't get a full head of steam, like he's not nearly as effective as a running back as he as he used to be. So I think in this spot here, the Bengals are able to get pressure on Tannehill. Their receivers aren't able to separate, and then the Bengals offense cleans up here as they kind of as Joe Burrow continues to get healthier. Yeah, it's almost like Derrick Henry is almost 30 years old and has 50 million touches under his belt. Like, who would have thunk it? At some point, the, the guy's going to start breaking down. I hope that's not the case, but it certainly appears to be so just a couple games into this season. So that's Connor's thought on the Bengals and the Titans. Uh, Ken mentioned one of the games we spent a lot of time talking about this week is the Bills and the Dolphins, with good reason. The game of the week, maybe the game of the season thus far in the National Football League, and one with the potential of for offensive fireworks. Point total about 53.5 or 54. Connor, any bets for you with the Bills and the Dolphins in Western New York? Yeah, I lead towards the over here at 53 and a half. And then I also like the Dolphins team total a lot. I think that's an interesting way to play that because you're obviously getting them as three-point underdogs. Looking at that as like 25 and a half, below 26, 27, 28, which, uh, you know, some of the more common numbers to hit in the NFL. And so we're looking at this team here. And while the Bills metrics on paper look really good, you know, they're top three in EPA success, right, basically across the board. Um, but when you look at who they played, you know, it's, that's coming against the Commanders, the Jets, and the Raiders. And I think this Bills defense is good. Don't get me wrong, but... This is by far their biggest test here specifically. This Dolphins offense running motion at over 50% of their plays. The league average is like 20% right now. And their offense, I think, is an, has evolved into this new kind of look, you know, scheme in a sense that they're not just relying on RPOs. They're not just relying on like quick passes to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell in like space. It's that plus they have a running game now. Plus they have, we saw in week one, you know, they spread out the Chargers and were able to do so much more, even in a matchup that completely got them last year. So like, they're just so much more multiple in this spot here that I think that I would be really surprised if the Bills are able to just come out and slow down this Dolphins offense significantly here. So I think that I, I would lean towards the Dolphins at plus three too, but I think the over and the team total are probably my favorite looks in this spot. Connor, a game we talked about a bunch on Monday for a specific reason was this this Jags Falcons international game. It's going to be you know nine a.m. or whatever nine thirty a.m. Eastern time on uh, on Sunday morning. And the reason why we spent so much time on it is because I think just like the mystery of what the Jags offense is going to be the rest of the season is just like kind of fascinating, right? So like obviously a great offense last season, but Press Taylor calling the plays this year, which was different than last year, and it seems to have gone really poorly. Seems like maybe it was rumored Doug Peterson took over the play calling in the second half when they were trying to come back against. 
against Houston. We don't know that for a fact, but it kind of leaves things a little up in the air here with honestly, like one of the most underperforming offenses versus what we expected this NFL season. So any props, any confidence in the Jags offense here as they get ready to take on the Falcons? Yeah, this is a tough one. I think if you want to pick a side here, I would probably lean towards the Jags. But I think that until it's kind of like a wait and see approach for me in terms of like their full offensive output here, because their defense has looked you know shaky at times too. And the Falcons running game is just really, really strong. But personally, I like Christian Kirk to go over his receiving yard mark here. Zay Jones reportedly a long shot to play. Means we'll get Kirk as like a near full-time player in two wide receiver sets again. We saw him run a route on 94% of Jags dropbacks last week without Zay Jones again. Uh, and he played a season high 86% of the snaps. So in the last two games, 110, 54 receiving yards. Now he draws the Falcons, who are just you know basically oozing production out of the slot, allowing 9.3 yards per target uh, in those uh, instances. And then Kirk still ran more than 55% of his routes there. So I think we have this projected like in the mid-60s. Uh, and I think a lot of other sites do as well, too. So I think that like at 51, 52, which is where it's hovering right now, I think it's still a pretty good look towards the over here. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. Tremendous football Thursday. We are talking week four in the National Football League with our friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Betsperts. Follow Connor on Twitter, at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, any bets for you in the Commanders-Eagles game coming up on Sunday in Philadelphia? Yeah, I want to find a way to short this Commanders offense. I'm just kind of toying with a way to do it uh, in, for, in terms of whether it's Sam Howell, whether it's Brian Robinson. But the early way that I play this, I just think it's a bad number g- given the usage that we've seen. Is I took Logan Thomas over two and a half receptions. I mean, he played one full game prior to suffering concussion week two, caught four of eight targets for 43 receiving yards. And if you look at his usage, it's really interesting. He wasn't just used as a tight end. Ran 26 routes, lined up in the slot nine times, out wide 11 times, and in line was just six times. So he's being used as more than just a tight end. Then in week two, he played 40% of the snaps before suffering a concussion, but was already targeted three times in his 40% snap rate. And then the following game with the backup tight ends in, we have the commanders throwing to Cole Turner seven times, and then John Bates had multiple targets. And so now you have Logan Thomas coming back in. It was just a concussion, so there's not any worry about them like easing him back in or anything. Um, in this spot here, like it shouldn't be a shocker that Chiefs offensive coordinator or former Chief offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, you know, likes to use his tight ends, and now he's coming in and using Logan Thomas a bunch. Like, but Logan Thomas is basically operating with a 21% target per out run rate, which is like a good wide receiver twos rate. We're getting over two and a half catches at like plus money, so I think that's a pretty interesting look. Connor, we talked about a, another Eagles player early in the show, and, and curious your thoughts on this. Like you're a guy who, who does projections, bets props, thinks about player performance a lot, and that, I think that lends itself to having a really smart opinion on offensive player of the year. So there were, you know, obviously we know who the favorites are: Tyreek McCaffrey. These are players who are very likely to win. There were two long shots that we brought up. Not that we have bet money on them, just that I think they're like in the group that at least could win. And there might only be like ten guys who can win this award or something. DeAndre Swift is the the Eagles player who I at least brought up as just like, what if this just keeps up? And then we also, Nick brought up Keenan Allen, wide receiver for the Chargers with Mike Williams injury. Like, what if this just keeps up? Like, it's kind of with both players, DeAndre Swift and Keenan Allen. I'll, I'll ask you the question, like, do you think either player's performance is sustainable? Do you think they're both sustainable to the degree that they could be a league winner in fantasy or maybe one offensive player of the year? Yeah, before the year, I mean, the word that I got about DeAndre Swift from... I don't know, multiple people was basically that they wanted him to be the guy and that they were really excited about him. They wanted him to be the guy in the receiving game. Now, the Lions also wanted him to be the guy. So I took that kind of with a pretty skeptical approach and obviously was drafting him in fantasy. And, you know, there's a very clear tone from the Lions that they just didn't think that whatever was happening, they just weren't about it. So now in this spot, though, he's crushing. He looks great. 
Um, you know, the holes are gaping. He looks ex- like significantly more explosive than Kenneth Gainwell. So, yeah, I think they're going to keep riding him. Offensive player of the year, it, I think it would take a lot. Like, it would take this, like, basically the entire season, um, which, I mean, he, I think he can get there if the Eagles are winning games and, like, you know, he continues to stay healthy. I don't think that that's, out, like, outrageous here. I'm looking at a price of, like, 100 to 1 in some spots. I mean, that's, like, really long. So, yeah, I don't mind it there. And then Keenan Allen, yeah, I mean, I think that's actually significantly more likely to keep going. I mean, like, he is, like, taking on the C.D. Lamb, you know, esque role in, in the Charger, Chargers offense there that we saw Kellen Moore implement a lot. He's moving around in the slot, playing outside. They have Quinn Johnston and Josh Palmer to kind of, like, you know, I don't know, sustain through the Mike Williams injury. So, like, Mike Williams is also running plenty of, like, kind of decoy routes as well. So, I think the Keenan will continue to eat. Probably won't be 200 yards every week, but I think he'll have some awesome games on the stretch. So, yeah, I don't mind either of those two long shots. I can – can Quentin Johnston please, please be a thing? Like, I'm in great shape across the board if Quentin Johnston is actually a thing. He's like 50-1 to 1 right now also for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Maybe maybe just blows up this week, and maybe that happens, and maybe I'm really happy, or, or maybe it won't. Uh, Connor, we'll give you some runway to give us some of your other favorite bets for the weekend in a second, but let's touch on Thursday Night Football at the Packers and the Lions. Kind of a difficult game. Ken and I have been saying it. We've had guests this week that have said the same. Kind of like, like okay, Jones and Watts are going to play for Green Bay. Is Watson on a snap count? How healthy is Aaron Jones going to be? How healthy is David Montgomery going to be if and when he plays the Night. tough game any bets for you on thursday night football yeah they released the props so late so it was like hard to adjust here at the last minute but i i took a couple positions so i took christian watson over 18 and a half longest reception and this i think is at like 19 and a half pretty widely available last year when christian watson became a full-time player his longest receptions were 45 11 20 15 19 63 18 and 58 yards so it was like 5 of 80 went over um, on 17 plus yards, and then obviously one landed on exactly 18, one landed on exactly 19. But now you pair him with Jordan Love, who leads the league in average at the target, 10.2. And that's like despite throwing like Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs and like a bunch of guys who are not really like significant deep threats, I don't think. And now you have Christian Watson, who's super, super fast. Now, my question is like, is he on a pitch count? Generally, I think the Packers are a little bit more. Uh, conservative in terms of like bringing their players back when they're actually pretty healthy. So I would expect a pretty hefty, you know, snap count on on Watson's end. And the the beauty about playing like over longest reception is that, you know, I don't need to bet like over 40 receiving yards. You don't need like three catches. All you need is one. And I would say almost certainly they will have at least one to two deep shots drawn up for him. Now this is whether he connects on those. And I'm pretty confident that he will, you know, against the Lions secondary that's been, I would say fine in a lot of areas here. And the other angle that I played was, I played A.J. Dillon under. I mean, that opened at 40 rushing yards. We're down to like 30 in some spots. If you have like a 33, 34 still hanging around, I still lean the under there. I mean, he has been really, really bad. He's like averaging less than three yards per carry. Now gets the Lions run defense, who's also allowing less than three yards per carry. Aaron Jones is coming back. David Bakhtiari is still out. Like the offensive line is 100%. So like it's just like inefficient means meets also inefficient, and he's getting a reduced workload. So it's a bunch of things moving against him, and I think that an under there above 30 is, is probably still a decent look. Connor, we have like about a minute, 90 seconds left for this. We always leave the last question kind of open and it's always the same question. Just a couple other props that you like for Sunday. Some of your favorite stuff that we we didn't get a chance to get to. So you got a good like 90 seconds here for this. Yeah, we talked about the Bengals overs. I think that like Joe Burrow pass attempts, completions, Jamar Chase receptions, like all those are, you know, I think very much in play here in a a spot where we expect them to throw a lot. We expect them to have a ton of success throwing the ball, especially short. Uh, I think that, maybe Rams passing overs could be interesting here. Like 
against this uh, indie secondary that's been really bad so far. 26th in terms of pressure rate so far, too. And Stafford's numbers when he's not been pressured are really, really good. Also, I think we could get a Puka Nakua bounce back, which, I mean, he's bouncing back from 72 yards. You know, like, what I, don't, a sentence. I don't even want to say it. Yeah, it's crazy. But, like, his, his splits against man and zone coverage have been pretty, you know, stark so far. Nakua has been targeted on 40% of his routes against zone, only 18% against man. And the, the Colts are running like one of the highest rated zone coverages in the league. So I think that could be an interesting look yet. I mean, his props are already super high. So I'm, I'm going to figure out how I want to play that the best way, but maybe a hundred plus like alt overs could be an interesting. Look here. Um, Bryce young unders looks like Thielen shark Mingo all injured. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, Minnesota's defense, I don't think is very good, but they're blitzing a ton and they're playing zone. So how does Bryce Young handle that? I mean, he looked like a cupcake so far. I don't necessarily blame him, but he hasn't looked very good in terms of handling that. So I think I'll probably play some unders on him. Uh, and then maybe Chris Olave overs, seconds. I think it's interesting uh, as well as my, my final look there. Chris Olave overs could be interesting. Olave. Olave. Oh, uh, Connor's awesome. Whatever. Whatever to follow Connor, Connor on Twitter at uh, at Connor Allen NFL four for four bets birds and the podcast is move the line with some of our pals like Ryan Noonan, John Daigle, etc. Be sure to check it out, Connor. We appreciate it, my friend. Best of luck with the bets. Stay well, and we will talk to you next week here on the show. Sounds good. Thanks, Nick. Oh, love it. He's in on the Bengals. We found another guy. We found another guy yeah. who's in. I asked him before the show. Sounds- I was like, "Are you way in on the Bengals?" He's like, "No." I think I like creeped him out a little bit, but we all like them this week. Uh, speaking of getting creeped out, Joey Kanish coming up next, giving us college football bets for the weekend, baby. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors. But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com. 